you're listening to episode 123 of the STEM space. As if you need a good reason to teach space exploration, we have some amazing opportunities coming up, including World Space Week and a solar eclipse, where you can teach space to your students and inspire them to do big things. Tune in as we talk about celebrating the solar eclipse and how you can celebrate World Space Week with some space-themed lessons. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. How's it going? It's a late night, but it's going. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I am also really exhausted. This week has beat me. How about you? And you've been traveling. You worked all weekend as well, right? I did. I was in San Antonio, but for a very exciting reason. Yeah? So I can't complain. Um, (laughs) Well, there I got, when I was working with communities and schools of San Antonio, in San Antonio, Texas, I got to know a lot of school districts, and one in particular is San Antonio ISD. It's the largest district in San Antonio, and I've stayed in touch with them because they do a lot of different STEM programs. They run Space Club, and they reached out about the upcoming solar eclipse that's happening, one in October, one in April. Tell us all the details, Claire, that I should know about this eclipse. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be amazing. The one in October, October 14th, correct? So that is going across the southern part of the United States. So not all states will get to see uh, any band of totality there. I won't get to see the total solar eclipse. I think uh, where I am in Texas, I'll only see 80%. But I think the path of totality is going through San Antonio. Is that correct? We're right in the middle. Right in the middle. So that's incredible. If you've never seen a solar eclipse, it is eerie. So what happens is that's when the moon perfectly lines up with the the sun in the sky. It's I don't. It, it's just amazing how it exactly covers the sun. They're the, the same size from our perspective. So weird. So the moon goes in front of the sun in the middle of the day. It's like 1030 in the morning. Our time, I think, is when it crosses over. And you can see. Yeah, it starts at 1030 and it goes the peak time to watch is 1150 Central Standard Time. So it's a long one. Yeah. And I, I was helping teachers on Saturday with planning this event and they were like, when do we need to be outside? I don't want to miss it. Like we have to run outside. And if you look at the timeline, there's a great website on NASA, NASA's website about the times. And so mm. 1032, I've got these memorized, um, <laughs> is when you'll start seeing things happen. And then if you're looking up the, the totality moment, is that the correct words? Sure. <laughs> um, is 1152. And I think it lasts for a few minutes. So okay. plenty of time to plan an event, have families out there watching, now, they have to wear solar eclipse glasses, some kind yes. of eyewear to protect their eyes. Yes, because you shouldn't look at the sun ever. Yep. 
It's not special during the solar eclipse. I remember the last one we had that was in 2017 and I had parents asking me, should we keep our kids inside? Cause they just, you know, might look at the sun. It's like, well, they should never look at the sun. So there's nothing (laughs) special about the sun where you shouldn't look at at it on this day. But, uh, if you, you want to see what it looks like, but you do need to wear the special glasses, which they're real cheap. They're usually made out of paper and then have the little plastic lens on them. Or if you are a welder and have a welding hood, that also works. So, I do uh, know that. <laughs> right. And uh, we actually have a blog post from when I hosted a party during the last solar eclipse. And on there, it shows how you can make these like, solar eclipse glasses shield uh, that can go around the solar eclipse glasses for little kids because I know my kids were little and they had a hard time keeping the glasses on. They would like slide down their nose or it's just they don't fit well. So you can make it out of a paper plate. It's pretty fun. Uh, Another craft you can do during the event. But it's pretty spectacular because the shadows do weird things as the moon is covering up the sun. So it's it's just really eerie because it gets dark in the middle of the day, but not like how you've ever experienced it before. So. I am so excited. And it's a Saturday. Yes. And so that's a great day, you know, with your family. And what SAISD is having is a solar eclipse community event. So they're going to have 54 schools, elementary, middle, and high schools, hosting a family day on the solar eclipse day. Um, and they're using our family STEM night planning guide. And we have a partnership with Pitsco where you can buy the kit of all the stuff that comes with the STEM family night. And so they just bought a bunch of the kits. And that's why I was in San Antonio. I was training them on how can you do like space docking and straw rockets. So they're picking all the space themed activities to do with the families. But the logistics are tricky because usually with a family STEM night, it's like come and go, you know, it's in the evening, you have some dinner, you know, nothing's really happening besides the stations. But now it's like, how do you plan this? Do you pause and everybody runs outside and looks up and then continues Mm. the event? How would you do it? Yeah. So I think I would have like set times, like you start at a station at this time. You can be another station at this time. You can rotate but outside, we need to be outside at this time. There should be a set schedule, I think, so people know what to expect and there's no like mass chaos or confusion when it's like, it's happening. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, it's 11.50, so it's almost lunchtime. So I told them they should start the event like at 11, 11.15 and have that be the focus. Everybody's mm-hmm. outside. We're talking about what's happening. Someone was like, well, we could have like a selfie station and people dress up like the moon and the sun, you know, you get creative, (laughs) just like keep them engaged, have some models. Um, Actually, you created, Claire, a paper circuit model, which I think is adorable. And we're going to post that as a freebie. You want to talk about that? Yes. So a paper circuit, we've done them as cards. And so this is kind of like a card as well, where you can fold it over. And so that creates a switch to turn off and on your Uh, paper circuit. So the light, you have a one LED light, and then it has a little model of an earth with the moon that rotates around it. And you can rotate it such that the moon covers up the sun. And in the middle of the sun is where your LED light is. So it lights up and you can cover it up with the moon and it still shows the ring around it that you'll see during the actual solar eclipse. So it's, it's really cute. I think it's pretty fun. Yes. I'm imagining if that's set up outside, 
and that's something very related and they're learning about the science of what's happening and they're maybe observing the shadows. I didn't even think about that, like what's gonna happen to the shadows. We also have solar panels. Um, so they're, they actually also bought the Mission to Mars kit. And so they're gonna build the welcome towers and see what oh, happens wow. to the solar panels. Do we have enough sunlight to power those LED lights? Might change mm. throughout the event. And then I'm thinking you do that for 30 minutes. And then once like grand finale, let's now go have some fun. Have lunch station, have all your STEM stations rotate throughout the event. It's like a celebration of the solar eclipse. That is amazing. Yeah, that's really fun. I When I had the party during the solar eclipse in 2017, I also had um, cornhole, you mm -hmm. know, where it's those boards that are set up and they have the three holes that you toss beanbags in. And uh, I made those, the holes were the earth, moon, and sun. And so they had to hit those and it was pretty fun. So yard games, I would, I would recommend yard games to keep people outside and entertained. <laughs> yeah, that's like space docking, right? Where you're working as a team to move your uh, spacecraft to dock with the International Space Station. That's a good exactly. One. So speaking of space themed activities, we have a big other celebratory uh, holiday, I guess, could you call it a holiday that's happening next week? Do you remember what it is? Yes, it is International World Space Week. And apparently it's celebrated internationally. Clear how many countries? Uh, it is, according to Wikipedia, 95 nations throughout the world celebrate World Space Week. And it is every year from October 4th through 10th. Every year, it's the same days, which is pretty cool. So remember those, World Space Week, and it is officially defined as an international celebration of science and technology and their contribution to the betterment of the human condition. Ooh. Yeah. So it's a good excuse to bring out some rockets or do a space lander challenge or some other space themed activities in your classroom. Yes. So I wanted to, in light of World Space Week coming up, mm -hmm. I want to play a family feud with you, Natasha. Do you what? know how that game works? No. <laughs> okay. So I have listed the top five of our space activities, our space lessons. And I want to see if you can name what our top five space lessons are. Oh, like top selling Vivify STEM lessons for uh, space? The top in my heart. I didn't actually look up what the top selling are. <laughs> well, that's totally different. <laughs> okay, you have to rephrase that as Claire's favorite Vivify STEM lessons okay. for space. Uh, so, Natasha, you have to name the, <laughs> the top five Vivify space products that I use as lessons in my classroom that are space themed. Do they need to be in a particular order or just five? Uh, I want to see if you can get the top five in order, but yes, any any of them, any order works. Okay, too. well, obviously Space Lander. I know you just did that in your classroom. Ding, you ding. Liked it. That was number That's one. That's got to be in there. Yes. That was number one. You're I got good. It. And then we have to do Straw Rockets. Ding, if ding. If that's not in the top five, I would That's number two. Woo! <laughs> It's all downhill from here. <laughs> we'll I see. I was guaranteed to have those. Uh, I believe in you. <laughs> okay, the next one that's coming to mind is 
drag device, but that's like Spacelander, so I don't know if you would have that. Mm. Okay, let's go space docking. We we mentioned space docking. That's got to be in the top five. Number three is space yes. docking. I knew it. <laughs> that's We're incredible. Wow, can she do all five? What is number four? I can't even think of another space. This is... <laughs> Activity now, I'm out. I know most of our products are space themed. So this <laughs> is it. Do I can okay. Mm. I have a question. Is yep. it in one of a one of Space Club's Moon or Mars lessons? And Ooh. do you know? <laughs> We've changed them so many times. Uh, I would say yes. Yes, it would be. Or at least I've used what it. Grade level. Okay, I have done this one with middle school is it a design challenge yes is it okay what about rover <laughs> number four was yes. rover. there better be a prize at the end that this is really good i mean i am going to show the screen in a minute that i am not lying on this one you have <laughs> nailed the top four can oh she God. get number five it's though i feel now. like this one's more obscure but it is one of my favorites and i usually okay. do it with like second grade Okay, this, then it's not this one. This would have been in my top five is the Mission to Mars planning game and like Habitat Project. Okay. That's definitely not a second grade. I'm upset no. that it's not in there <laughs> um, because uh, yeah. design a habitat on Mars. Okay, I was thinking, I was not thinking stage three. I was thinking more like easy yeah. to implement lessons okay, during good. space week. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Mission Patch is a classic. Mm, that's a good one that's not it it. what is another design okay it's not is it robot hand but that's too hard for second grade Mm -mm. Mm. give me a hint uh it would be a good activity to do during the solar eclipse because there's a sun involved uh okay so it's either the solar um, solar oven, like the marshmallow cooking thing, or the UV shelter challenge. Ding, 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 yes. ding. UV shelter challenge. All right. <laughs> yes. I should have had UV shelter. I wasn't on my A game. Hmm. I know. It's because you're tired. You would have gotten mm-hmm. it. All right. That was really fun. I want to play next time. I'm going to make a list. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. See if I can guess yours. We have so many space themed lessons that I, I thought that would be actually harder than it was for you so i'm really impressed but those are definitely my top five okay well i have to do a shout out to our newest space themed stem activity do you know which is the latest one that's we've released that we've released mm-hmm. uh we have not released the astronaut training one yet Mm-mm. no but that one's going to be really cool <laughs> That's all that's on my brain because I did a activity part of it today. I was trying so, to mime it to you, but it wasn't working. I know. It looked like you had to go to the bathroom. I wasn't sure what to say. I was trying to eat. <laughs> Eating in space. I'm good. Anyway, so it was Eating in Space, which we just released. It's a really awesome activity to talk about how uh, the calories in your food get converted to energy and then there's this game where they get to plan a menu for an astronaut in space. And so they pick 
the different types of foods that provide the most nutritional value, but also enjoyment. Um, so it's like our planning game, but for food. I was just blown away with that product. So one of our uh, contractors wrote that one and I don't, I feel kind of dumb because I never made the connection that like calories, how they figure out calories and food is because of the unit of heat because they actually burn it. Wild. Like what? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I guess I never thought about how they came up with those random numbers that are on the back of packages. I'm just imagining labs where they're like Skittles. Okay. Set them on fire. <laughs> yeah. What is their energy output? Like, that's how it seems that we learn about the calories in food. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So to show that to kids would be an amazing lesson. So I'm super excited to use that in my own classroom. I've never done it before, but uh, it looks incredible. And speaking of eating in space, we just learned of a new company. Maybe it's not new. Is it new? Pretty new. I think it's pretty right? new. Yeah. That makes space food. Can you Tell me about this, Natasha. Yeah. So it's called Astraeus. Astraeus? There you go. Yeah. And it's rocket fuel in your pocket. Um, it's this really cool company where they were trying to find a food. They actually interviewed a bunch of astronauts and wanted to find a food that was enjoyable, but packed with nutrition. So of course they went with Claire's favorite food of chocolate. Yeah. So it's these dark chocolate truffles that also have coffee bean in them. And they're jam packed with all sorts of nutri nutrients, energy boosters, these things you would need for space travel. Um, so we are trying to figure out how to get some because they sound amazing. Um, but that was a really cool company that brings together the science of food as well as innovation and creativity to launch this company for space food. Yes, it looks incredible. And I think they're working on other other things to provide for astronauts that I uh, we spoke to this, the founder of the company. She started it, correct? Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how her goal is not only to have food that has the nutrients that an astronaut needs, but also that is pleasurable, right? And offers the texture that normally astronauts get their food in like these little pouches that they just right. add warm water to, to heat them up and squish them around. And as I'm thinking of that, like that's what I give my one-year-old to eat, right? Is these little pouches mm -hmm. of food, baby food, and there's no texture to it. And I would just, can you imagine eating that for, I don't know how long you're in space, but that would be really sad. And so right. being able to get something like a chocolate truffle, would mean so much. <laughs> so it's incredible that this company is doing this. I have messaged them because I really want to buy it. I don't know how much this is going to cost, but I think it's going to be <laughs> worth it. <laughs> and you're like, there's a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please mail me these weekly. So uh, what I think is cool is being able to communicate to my students how you can use so many different passions to be involved in something like space exploration. So I know a lot of my students, they are like, I don't want to be an engineer, but they think space is really cool. I'm like, that's, that's great. You don't have to be an engineer. I know we've spoken to astronauts before who have said, find your passion and follow that. And it can be used, whatever it is, it can be used in space exploration if that's what you want to do. 
And I think that is phenomenal. So being able to share that, we talk about that with our STEM careers and uh, giving access to students of things that they've never thought about before. So World Space Week is one way you can do that. We've always challenged our listeners. If there is something that you don't think relates to space, <laughs> let us know and we can relate it to space and you can use it for space exploration or World Space Week. So email That's us great. if you have an activity you want to do and you're like, I don't think this relates, but I really want to do it. We can make it tie in. So, <laughs> so let us and know. If there is a time to start a space club program at your school, World Space Week is it. Yes. So um, go over, we'll link it in the show notes, but you can uh, start space club. We often have teacher grants available for the curriculum and training. Um, I've mentioned it before, but this is now branching out into a brand new nonprofit um, called the Cosmic Leap Foundation, which I'm super excited about. So we are continuing this mission to bring space exploration, but the really it's to inspire kids like you're saying claire like everyone gets excited about looking up at the stars and just wondering what's out there um, and that's what i found in my own personal journey in stem education is this pool of space is for everybody girls boys all the kids want to be there and looking at a telescope launching a rocket sending a weather balloon to the edge of space like a lot of our projects we're aerospace engineers so we are slightly biased but slightly. we have found slightly that it just has such an impact on our students and makes them just dream big and be inspired, whatever pathway, even if it's a chef, like she was working at a Michelin restaurant and just had this crazy idea of like, how can I take food to the next level? What's a greater level than space? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Natasha. I hope, uh, teachers and listeners out there are inspired to include more space stuff with their own kids or with their students. But for now, STEM space out. Hey listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have a quick tip on teaching STEM? Maybe how you store projects, where you get materials, or what not to do. Let us know and we can feature you and your tip on a future podcast episode. Head to vivifystem.com backslash quick tips and let us know your tips for teaching STEM.